Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, I'm Alexis Madrigal. As our friends at KQED Arts are documenting all year long, the Bay Area has a storied hip-hop history from the very roots of the music to this very instant. And we also have a legendary food scene and have for decades. So it's natural, perhaps, that these two core components of Bay culture would find each other. In today's show, our latest edition of the continuing series, All You Can Eat with Luke Tsai, we look at the rap game, food game crossover from E-40's packaged burritos to Larry June's boba company. We're talking that hip-hop food hustle that's coming up next after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. This is another edition of our continuing collab with the KQED food team. It's called All You Can Eat with Luke Sai, our brilliant food editor here at the station. And of course, Luke joins this morning. Welcome, Luke. Thanks so much. I'm excited today. Today, we are talking rap game, food game crossover. And so we're also joined by KQED food writer, Alan Cesaro, whose story No One Hustles Harder Than the Bay Area's Hip-Hop Food Entrepreneurs, which inspired this show. Welcome, Alan. Buenos dias, compadre. Good to be on. So good to have you both back with us. Um, Alan, why don't you set this up a little bit for us? Like, how did you end up writing this story? Was it just kind of noting this trend of all these different hip-hop dudes who were, like, creating these food brands? Yeah, definitely. So I grew up in the Bay Area, you know, listening to Barrier rap in the 90s, and my parents are Mexican immigrants, so we were always eating, you know, different kinds of foods in, in the community. And I just kind of was over decades observing this connection between rappers that were becoming successful independently in the Bay and just very creative entrepreneurial food makers. So I kind of just had this question to investigate, you know, and I've also lived in other parts of the country, I want to mention. And I, it's just something that I felt wasn't happening in other cities that I had lived in in my adulthood. So when, I came back to the Bay and I was just wondering why do so many rappers have so many food connections in the Bay? Um, like right now, I'm looking just by coincidence on my desk. I have a wrap snacks, ramen noodles, uh, prime ramen, E40 food on my desk. Like just it's just <laughs> sitting there. Right. So why is that? Yeah. Um, so I started investigating that history and I kind of came to understood this this idea of um, the, the barriers sort of entrepreneurial spirit and that the art of calculated hustle coming from the rap game, you know, starting with too short in the, in the uh, late eighties, who's largely credited with being one of the first independent rappers to kind of 
just start selling his music out of the car. Um, you have E40 himself, who I already mentioned, started one of the first record labels with just his family members in the late 80s. Um, and these guys went on to sell, you know, tequila, wine, burritos, ice cream, lumpia, beer. Um, he, he even owned a fat burger franchise decades ago, right? So <laughs> there's definitely some deep connection there between food and rap. And more importantly, just entrepreneurial, making something out of nothing, serving goodness to people, right? Whether through slang or recipes. Um, so that's the origin of this story. Do you think it also has to do like with many of the other creative folks I know, you know, they have like five different hustles so that they can make it and actually pay the rent in this area. Mm -hmm. Definitely dude. Right. So there's a lot of factors. Um, like you said, we, we have one of the highest, um, most expensive places to live in the United States. Right. So paying rent is not just, you know, I sold one song and now I'm coasting for the month. It's I sold an album over here. I'm doing a show. Um, and then I'm doing a food pop-up on the side to, to sort of increase revenue streams. So that's definitely part of it. But I also think just the creativity of various people and that sort of that desire to express yourself in a, in a fully dimensional way, right? There's a lot of cultural latitude in the day. you got all these people mixing together, hyping each other up. Um, you know, E-40 sells Lumpia. And one of the folks that he grew up with is, is a Filipino rapper named Nump, who was his sound engineer during the hypey movement, right? So they're exchanging game, they're they're sharing recipes, they're inviting each other to, to different events, to each other's houses. And we just have like this beautiful mixture here mm -hmm. that I think allows us to feel confident to do things like this, that again, I've lived in the deep South, a beautiful place, but you don't have rappers selling Mexican food out there, right? Why? Because <laughs> I can tell you as a Mexican American, there weren't many of us out there. So yeah, yeah. I think it's a, it's that mixture of it all. Yeah. We um we had Nump on recently, one of the all time performances um, <laughs> yeah. in, in KQ. He's a legend. He's a legend history. for sure. <laughs> um, Luke, um, I want to talk with you a little bit about how you obviously you were the editor on this story. Do you see this kind of uh, hustle mentality that exists in hip hop? You see a lot of this in the kinds of food establishments you like to cover. Yeah, I think so. You know, and I and I think, um, you know, Alan's story uh, was amazing, you know, in sort of sort of laying out these connections. Um, and I think, you know, a lot, a lot of the food businesses that he talks about um, were, were sort of more in the kind of underground or under the radar territory, you know, like perhaps uh, their pop ups or or their brands that if you're like a rap fan, um, you might know about, but might not be fully well-known kind of in the mainstream. Um, but I feel like um, this connection between Bay Area, like the Bay Area rap scene and food, um, actually, you know, over the years, I've, I've noticed this too. It actually encompasses like some of the biggest names um, in the Bay Area food game, you know, um, you know, for, for just to give an example, you know, Senor Sisig. We we all we all love Senor Sisig, right? Probably the most popular food truck um, in the Bay Area, um, doing kind of their take on uh, Filipino burritos and things of that nature. Um, one of their co-owners, Evan Kadera, um, came out of uh, the rap scene, you know, mm -hmm. um, and then you know all the way up into like uh, the fine dining realm, you know, like what one of my favorite examples is uh, Chef. 
uh, Tommy Cleary of Hina Yakatori. He's this high-end Yakatori restaurant in San Francisco. Um, he had a whole first career as a producer and DJ for the rapper uh, Cool Keith. Um, you know, and and then uh, I think I think what's interesting is like in the music industry, um, a lot of people wind up going into the restaurant industry. You know, yeah, at, totally. per, particularly as they kind of like age out as performers. Um, and I remember years ago when I reviewed um, Hina Yakatori talking to Tommy and he talked about how there's this sort of connection between live music, um, doing live music and and working as a chef, you know, kind of like all of the prep, um, all of the sort of emotionally gearing up for this performance, for this show, this live set, you know, that in the case of a restaurant starts at you know 5 45 p.m <laughs> you know or whatever it is but the perfectionism of it the focus on timing the performative aspect i think that um it just uh goes very well together so i don't think it's surprising in that sense that you you see all of these connections let's bring in our first food entrepreneur and rapper don toriano rapper and owner of vegan mob welcome Hey, hey, what up, fam? How you doing? Hey, we're doing well. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. So, you know, what made you start Vegan Mob? Oh, man, um, I was in, I was actually in grad school, so um, I was doing something different than what I usually do. Um, I, I had a, my whole career, basically, like, from my first album came out when I was 17. It was called Young Note, Taking It to the Next, which was like a Frisco classic. I came, That came out when I was going to McAteer High School, which is no longer. And I went in a life of, of, of streets and crime and addiction. And so when I got my life together, I just put my head down in my 30s and just went to school. Mm. And I ended up in grad school to become a psychologist. And um, I just did some soul search, and I was like, this ain't for me. And I oh. and I was like, what do I want to do? And I was like, I want to do something with music, food, and and social media. So I wanted to do a barbecue spot, but I was vegan. And my wife was like, we shouldn't do no barbecue spot if you're vegan. And she was like, <laughs> I mean, not, you know, solid advice right. sounds to me, you know, but you did it anyway. Right. And so she was like, well, what about vegan barbecue? And I was like, whoa. And that's that's what made me do it is um, I just love food. Uh, I'm, my first loves are music and food. And I became vegan and I always wanted to open a barbecue spot. So that's how Vegan Mob was created. Wow. How has it gone? How has it worked? I mean, I, I see it all. I, I mean, I live close by and, you know, I know it's doing well. But like, talk to me about how, how it's gone, particularly during these years where it's been really tough. Yeah. Well, well, 2020, um, well, 2019 is when we opened, mm. uh, October. So it was, I was only open for a couple months, you know, of 2019. But in 2020, we went bananas. Everything closed. I was, um, I had, it was just crazy, like lines down the block. And one day, they called off the um, shutdown. So they were like, everybody got to be in at 7, 7 p.m. And my number just dropped and my heart dropped too. Right. Oh. And so <laughs> I started to, I, I basically just transitioned and I started to do like a bunch of deliveries. And um, after I did that, my sales just went crazy. I couldn't even handle the sales. So I had to stop deliveries basically. And then 
the line was just bananas. And that year I went into the food and wine magazine. I had a number of uh, articles. I believe you guys might have did one. I had a uh, front. I was on like two page front row pages. Uh, uh, Chronicle, East Bay Express. One talking about actually rappers in the food game. And uh, yeah, in 2021, I got best um, vegan restaurant in the Bay Area. I got um, best vegan soul food in the country and i was actually runner up food truck to evan Kadir, who is my mentor and, <laughs> <laughs> and my and my boy for uh over 20 years I me mean, i've been knowing evan since we we're teenagers i used to go to his house and make music and i and i'm one of the ones who mentored him in the music game and so he turned around and said look you you were a legend back then you took you you looked out for me you were always humble he was like so whatever you want i got you so evan Kadir is actually uh, one of my mentors and, and who helped me get into the building and sold me my food truck. Oh, that's amazing. So shout out to Evan. I'll see you soon. We are talking about the Bay Area rap game, food game crossover. This is another of our continuing uh, series, All You Can Eat, with KQED food editor Luke Sai. Also joined by Alan Cesaro this morning, food reporter at KQED, also a poet and educator. And we got Don Toriano, who you just heard, rapper and owner of Vegan Mobs, with us for the hour as well. We're going to hear a little bit of your music, uh, the song you made for Vegan Mob. And we would love to hear from you, all of our listeners. What's your favorite rap lyric about food you can give us a call. The number is 866-733-6786. We're also talking about hustle here. So what restaurant, pop-up, or food truck do you think most embodies that Bay Area hustle or kind of has the spirit uh, of hip-hop? The number is 866-733-6786. Email forum at kqed.org, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or KQED forum. This is Don Toriano, Vegan Mob. From Menlo Park to the V-Town From the SFC to the V-Town To right where I be in the Motown Welcome to the Vegan Mob 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 Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Welcome back to Forum. This is a special edition of All You Can Eat 
with KQED food editor Luke Sai. We're talking about the Bay Area rap game, food game crossover, joined by Luke Sai, of course. Alan Cesaro, food reporter with KQED, whose story inspired this show. Also joined by Don Toriano, rapper, owner uh, of Vegan Mob. And you just heard a little bit of uh, Super Sick With It, which features Droopy. Welcome, Droopy. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So for those who don't know, Droopy is E-40's son, also works with uh, E-40 on their food company, Goon With A Spoon. Um, One of the things I was noting is Goon With A Spoon seems to be doing a lot, a lot of things. Could you just give us, you know, the the highlights so that people kind of know what we're dealing with? Oh, sure. So... Right now, we have Goon with the Spoon sausage line. Um, it's a, a crazy variety of, of great sausages. Um, we got the Philly cheesesteak flavor. We have, um, hold on, I'll tell you right now, we got the the Philly cheesesteak, mild beef, the hot beef, um, teriyaki pineapple. It's fully cooked sausages. Mm-hmm. Um made with all quality ingredients. And then we also have the goon with the spoon ice cream, which mm-hmm. is going crazy. And then we have the goon with the spoon turf burritos, uh, the <laughs> variety pack. So yeah, he's definitely, uh, we're definitely expanding. It's It's been a long time in the making, but it's coming together now. That's fun. I mean, I'm interested in the kind of crossover of the actual kind of like operations and business of like selling music, selling merch, and then selling food. Like, do you find that there's a lot that's the same or is it like totally different? That's a great, that's a great question. Uh, From what I've seen, it is the same, but it's totally different as far as the information, um, the process, but you know, basically, it's we we're a hundred percent black owned. E forty owns it a hundred percent, so he's all in. He's, you know, from the production to the the packaging, the flavors, of course, and and the marketing as well. So, in those in that regard, um, I would say that the music industry is very similar to the food industry, as far as just like you know your connections, your friendships, your vision. And basically having to be all in, it's not just, you know, you push a button and walk away. It's, a, it's an everyday thing. You know, does some of the success of the different food brands have to do with, I mean, I don't want to call your dad like a platform, but if you've got 2 million followers on Instagram, you kind of can vertically integrate your influencer operation. Like rather than take someone's money to advertise their ice cream, you sell your own ice cream, which then you post about. Is that how you all have seen it is kind of social media is kind of this connective tissue between the different businesses. Absolutely. Absolutely. And especially with E40, because he's fully involved with his social media way more than I am. And I'm 20 years younger than him, but he's every day, like he's a machine and um, he connects with his fans and his supporters personally every single day. So I do believe that, you know, when he stamps something, when he puts a product out there, you know, um, it translates. It does translate. And since he's all in with it, once he presents a product, I think people get the gist that like, oh, okay, this is from him. This isn't just him putting his name on something. He's all in. So he'll show footage of the ice cream being made. He'll show footage of the sausages being packaged as well. Like 
So I, I do believe that social media plays a big factor in that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are talking about rap game, food game, crossover. We would love to hear from you. Uh, what's your favorite rap lyric about food? The phone number is 866-733-6786. We're also interested in hearing what restaurant, pop-up, or food truck you think most embodies this kind of barrier hustle that we've been talking about. The number is 866-733-6786. The email is forum at kqed.org. And you know the social media stuff. It's KQED Forum. Um, let's bring in a call here. We got uh, Keba in Oakland. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, this is Keba Conte from Red Bay Coffee. I'm the founder. I founded Red Bay Coffee about nine years ago. Um, but back in the 90s, you know, I was uh, E40's photographer, <laughs> Master P's photographer, um, and, you know, probably got 100 albums to my credit. What was really special about the Bay Area in that time, that mid-90s golden era, was that there were no major labels here, right? So mm-hmm. that's where that hustle came from. And, um, you know, there was a whole industry of graphic artists, T-shirt printers, you know, the magazine producers, the rappers, the public, the, the producers, you know, it was, it was way bigger than just the artists, right? It was the entire industry. And, you know, and <clears throat> I learned a lot from these guys. You know, at the time I was a photographer, so, you know, I'd, I'd have a photo shoot, you know, earn, earn a check, have a photo shoot, earn a check. And what I learned, you know, from them is just besides the hustle and grit is that, you know, is that, you know, if, if you can have a product that can, you know, um, sell units, um, you know, while, while you're sleeping or, you know, or, or just building a team. <laughs> so, you know, so, so we, we've kind of taken that. Of course, we did little pop-ups here and there and, and try to solve some of the same business problems with some of the same kind of creative hustle solutions, um, whether that is, you know, doing little coffee pop-ups here or there and then, you know, um, and now we have a, a coffee van, you know, and uh, and we do different things like that. And uh, and now, you know, it's a beautiful thing to see these cats coming into um, into the food industry, bringing their bringing their gifts uh, and their business acumen um, to it. And um, yeah, it's, it's a it's a you know sort of yeah. sort of a second chapter, you know, for a lot of these cats' lives as, as well. Yeah. You know, Kaba, your coffee brand has gotten extremely popular. And one of the things that uh, is fascinating to me is in what in what you've been saying is it feels like you learned you had to kind of do everything start to finish, like because there oh, yeah. weren't these major labels. Right. You had to do every single facet of it, which means you kind of learn business from the from the ground up. Yes. For, you know, and, and for me, you know, uh, in the coffee piece, I had to learn for a slightly different reason, right? Because there were, you know, major coffee companies here. There was a, a ton, you know, for people who don't know, the, the Bay Area is is probably one of the most leading specialty coffee destinations and most competitive scenes on, on the planet, arguably. Um, however, you know, I was really inspired to, to create a coffee brand that, that valued and put forward inclusion, diversity, bringing, you know, uh, black and brown people in the industry at high levels, um, which is kind of where the coffee comes from, right? Coffee comes from Africa. Uh, coffee is Africa's gift to the world. And, um, but you didn't really see that reflected in the specialty coffee scene. Mm-hmm. So when I was trying to build a team of black and brown coffee professionals and they didn't exist, we would have to go to adjacent industries mm-hmm. like wine and bartenders and 
chocolate and chefs to who had those you know those those nuanced uh, skills and and taste and develop palates um, you know so and then of course we tap into you know uh, part of our mission is is get is a second chance employer you know so we we would hire formerly incarcerated cats you know uh, youth coming out of foster foster youth uh, foster homes and that whole piece of it um, so. You know, so so the mission was also about you know what what I saw in this community because mm-hmm. the hip hop industry in the '90s gave a lot of cats an opportunity to get out of crime, right? Uh, to to take some of that money is is a startup capital and and to do some amazing things, you know, and um and 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 I, I love seeing that, right? Cats mm-hmm. sort of taking some of that their 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 earnings. And, and turning it into a legitimate business. Yeah. Hey, Kay, but thank you so much for this call. This is like a, a dream call on a show like this. I really appreciate you taking some time out from, from running Red Bay Coffee to, to give us a call. Thank you so much. Um, Don Toriano, I know that you have also been involved in trying to kind of mentor people as you were mentored, kind of building out this whole kind of tree of people who know the, the food industry or the, the beverage industry. Um, how has that gone kind of bringing people up with you? Man. Uh, I mean, you know, for whoever, whoever listens, I mean, it's going good. And the, it really, for me, it's, it's really my passion and, and what, what I'm here to do. Um, <clears throat> one of the reasons I'm in this game and one of the reasons I'm here is because I, I, uh, I had septic shock back in uh, almost 14 years ago and I, and I, and I came back to life I, and my oh, vitals man. dropped and I came back and, you know, and one of my, one of my um, purposes, I believe is to help others and to look out for people who look at me, because like I said before, I was in the streets and I didn't have a big brother. My dad was in prison for 27 years. He just popped out. And so one dad's a gangster and the other dad was a pimp. And so I didn't have nobody to really give me game like I have. I had to learn it on my own. Mm. And so one of my purposes is to look out for people who are like me and look like me. And and so anytime that anybody asks, I can make money off of mentoring people, but I much rather just give it to them because I'm just paying it forward. And and shout out to Kay, but he's he's giving me some game in two to three hours that that's probably gonna change my life forever. So, you know, you give out and you get back what you give out. And so I mean, I, it's what I love to do. Yeah. Hey Droopy, I feel like you're family and the businesses that you all have created are trying to be a similar kind of infrastructure to kind of help bring a lot a lot of people along for the ride. What have you learned about uh trying to trying to get that established and how it works? As far as I'm sorry, I didn't understand. Oh yeah, the just bring, bringing people along along with you as you build these businesses. Oh, well well to be to be completely honest and frank my my father is a workaholic so <laughs> everybody that's a part of the business is, is plays a vital part but he's like he he pretty much runs everything at the end of the day i'm just going to be flat yeah, out so yeah. <laughs> th- we don't really have a lot of people that's just kind of around you know um and even with me even my position there's i don't have a 
solid position. It's like it's just like our music. Um, when I was when I was doing music with them, well, we're still doing music now, right? But yeah. we put out twenty albums between two thousand ten and two thousand twenty, and when we did that, it was a staff of probably about five people, maybe oh, wow. the engineer, myself, my pops, and then the mixing engineer, and then uh, you know cousin Feek or whatever other writers were in the studio at the time helping with courses, but it's the same thing with the with his food products. He's we're all in and you know, it's like, it is a family business as far mm-hmm. as like whatever we need to do, we're going to do it. There's no, there's no egos involved. Um, but yeah, like I just see that hands-on approach more than anything. Um, just making sure that, that, uh, you know, it's, it's a true, it's his vision coming yeah. through. And it's not somebody else kind of telling him what to do. Yeah, yeah. What do you think takes more energy now for the family biz? The music side of it or the food side of it? The food side of it because the music is is our love. And it's it's my pop's first love. So it's when it, that's his therapy. When we're in the studio, that's like, it's not really work. It's like, that's what he loves to do. He loves to write lyrics. He loves to make songs. He loves to collaborate. Um, and then, of course, uh, we have a love for food, too. So so this is fun, but it's it's hard work, but it's been a fun experience just like learning as we go and um, and seeing these thoughts and ideas come to fruition. Yeah. Oh, man. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Droopy rapper, producer, works with E40's food company, Goon with a Spoon. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Let's bring in another caller here, um, Jessica in Oakland. Welcome. Hi. Um, I am a part of the Barrier Bike Set, and there's a bunch of MCs that uh, promote multiple independent and vendor businesses. Um, there's Turnip, there's um, Dry Snacks, and one of my friends has actually, with their support, been able to have her catering business be something that she can actually support her three children with. And she goes to multiple different vendor spots around on Wednesdays. There's bike night on Thursdays. She's at a bar in Hayward and she would never have been able to fully get her name out there in the way that she has without the support of these different MCs promoting her around the Bay area. And so yours truly kitchen and catering has been able to, you know, go on a boom over the last year and be what she solely does instead of having to do the side hustles of working at this restaurant as a chef or working at this restaurant, she's able to follow her passion and do her own thing. Oh man. What is, uh, what is the name of it? You got it. You got to shout it out. <laughs> Yours truly kitchen and catering. by Yours, Jay truly. Williams. Uh, Yours truly kitchen and catering. Um, thank you so much uh, for that call, Jessica reminder uh, to folks that we're taking calls on, which restaurant pop-up or food truck kind of most embodies this Bay Area hustle that we see in the rap game and we also see in the food game? We also are getting some funny responses in about um, your favorite rap lyrics uh, about food. There's one amazing Action Bronson <laughs> lyric about uh, fennel pollen, but I actually realize I cannot say even any of it on the radio, so I'm not going to do that. Um, the number uh, to call is 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Uh, you can email your questions or comments to forum at kqed.org, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or KQED Forum. Um, Alan, as you're uh, listening to people 
kind of talking about the way that they've built their businesses. Um, can you tell us about some maybe some of the other folks that we don't have on? Like, um, I'm I'm very curious about Larry June's boba company and why it's not a smoothie company. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one, man. Um, r- real quick, I just want to thank the callers and our guests for just being real and sharing their personal journeys. And that's one of the reasons I love rap so much is just because people are, it's, it's like listening to a book, right? And just learning about people's lives and experiences, their mistakes, their successes. And that's, that's what's called, you know, the game and picking up on that stuff and learning and growing. And that's ultimately, to me, what rap culture and hip hop is all about. So I just love that that's really coming through in, in these conversations. Um, but yeah, you got um, people going back to the 90s. Um, Pam the Funkstress, um, rest in peace, was a DJ for The Coup. She had a soul food catering business back in the day. Um, Selsky, who's a San Francisco rapper, currently runs a, a burger pop-up, uh, Big Mafia Burgers. Um, he even had an album called Canadian Bacon and Hash Browns. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Larry June, right? Arguably the most popular rapper right now from San Francisco. Heavily reps the 415. Constantly talks about organic living, smoothies, healthy, <laughs> healthy lifestyles, right? Um, he has this addiction to oranges that he's always talking about oranges and using orange emojis on social media. Um, and he co-owns a boba shop in the dog patch, um, Honey Bear. And again, it's just an example of those quirky intersections of and, and sort of that weird multidimensionality of the, the barrier hip hop and creative universe where you have the most popular rapper arguably right now from the bay and he owns a boba shop right like how <laughs> how weird is that that's not common um and, and then you got you know don toriano obviously who's who's with us um burner mexican-american rapper uh launched cookies one of the largest cannabis brands but they also do collaborations with burger spots and and other rappers that are just selling all sorts of things right uh, this is Forum, our latest edition of All You Can Eat with KQED food editor Luke Sai. Also joined by Alan Cesaro, food reporter at KQED and a poet and educator, and Don Toriano, a rapper and owner of Vegan Mob. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for more Forum right after the break. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. Wild 
Welcome back to Forum. This is our latest edition of All You Can Eat with Luke Sai, our food editor here at KQED, joined by Alan Cesaro, food reporter at KQED, Don Torriano, rapper and owner of Vegan Mob. Earlier we were joined by Droop E, rapper, producer, and works with his father, E40's food company, Goon with a Spoon. And we're just uh, playing on Clyde Carson, Oakland rapper and co-owner of Hyphy Juice. Welcome, Clyde. Yes, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. Hey, there you are. Hey, Clyde. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Um, Why don't you tell us uh, what Hyphy Juice is? Hyphy Juice is an energy drink. Um, It's an energy drink. That's what Hyphy Juice is. And Uh, and what's in it? um, Well, the the ingredients are taurin, the same. uh, It's equivalent to a a monster or a Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, It was started... Uh, back in 2005 uh, from uh, actually looking at Crunk Juice and Pimp Juice, <laughs> who was actually started by two uh, rappers, one from Little John, a producer, of course. Yeah. Uh, Nelly as well uh, had Pimp Juice. So, you know, me and my business partner started Hyphy Juice. And we thought that was, uh, this was at the time, of course, in 2005, at the peak of the Hyphy movement. So, yeah, yeah it's an energy drink, though. And, uh, did you come out of the hyphy world just as a, a fan and appreciator, or were you also like making music? I was making music. Um, I started rapping in 2000, 2001. And at the time, the, the, the prominent artists were too short in E40, but we didn't really have, uh, of course, there's a rich history of uh, Bay Area hip hop on a national scene. Uh, but at that time, the, we um, we weren't really having a lot of exposure. So the hyphy movement was uh, something to show people the part of California that was always overlooked. And at this point, um, as you noted, you know, hyphy as a movement, you know, it continues to reverberate and it's an incredible legacy um, for the Bay Area's music scene. Um, has Hyphy Juice been able to sort of maintain its kind of brand awareness and, and keep working as a food business, even as hip hop here has kind of diversified? Yeah, well, it's, uh, hip hop is always, uh, of course, uh, evolving. Um, and we've just maintained our, uh, you know, we, we've been in different, as far as like uh, stores, 7-Eleven and been in major stores, but we started at Booker's in East Oakland. We started right there in the mm. streets where uh, uh, where the hyphy movement started. And we've maintained just being in those elements. We've maintained being in the streets as far as the liquor stores. And uh, it's a niche. It's almost like a niche product mm. to where it's, um, we've been around for, I mean, it's almost 20 years, going on 18 years. Mm. You know, uh, so... But we've been consistent. We've come out with sodas, but we've uh, continually been selling the grapple and the other flavors since we started. You know, yeah. yeah. Alan, uh, in your you know travels around Bay Area hip hop scene and and other worlds, I mean, what role have you seen Hyphy Juice play? I'm so glad you asked, Alexis. Clyde is a legend, by the way. The team <laughs> when I was growing up, that was like a they were just putting out house party anthems back uh-huh. then. So shout, shout out on um, the team and Clyde. Thanks. Um, yeah. No. So I was actually telling my wife who grew up in Hayward, you know, Oh, I'm going to talk about hyphy juice tomorrow. And she's like, that's the only energy drink I ever drank in my life. <laughs> and she's a barrier person through and through. Right. So 
I, if you grew up in the Bay at a certain time and place, you know that Hypey Juice is just an iconic beverage, right? Like, I crossed the liquor store. I, I live out here in the Richmond Hilltop. Hypey Juice is the first, one of the first things you see in the cooler, right? So I feel like, like Clyde's saying, it's it's kind of like a street drink, right? Like, if you know, you know, um, you know, grapple, classic flavor, used to mix into high speed, which is a classic barrier drink. You had birthday cakes, flavored soda, so... Again, going back to that sort of quirky, innovative barrier, rappers thinking out of the box and just doing something different and switching it up and remixing what's been done. Um, to me, that's that's hypey juice, right? And then, you know, the team also had the song Hypey Juice in 2005, which again was just the party anthem. And it just represented that energetic, upbeat togetherness that I think the hypey movement overall encompassed. Yeah. 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 Um... Like I said before, um, we, um, we used to used to look at California and, and say L.A. Mm-hmm. And you know, by me living in New York, you know, the producers out there were like, "Yo, we we, we can't wait to make some music. We're gonna have the low riders, and we're gonna have this in the video." And I had to remind people, "Yeah, listen, I've never seen that in my life. I'm from Oakland." <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, this is a completely different world out where I'm from. So uh, we wanted to represent that. And yeah, Hyphy Juice is still, you know, st- still going. And we got even more things coming. So, yeah. Have you thought about expanding into other uh, other realms? I mean, either using, you know, Hyphy as brand or in, in other ways? Uh, we thought about it. And sometimes you can push yourself to, you know, like, the, let's say, you know, having hyphy juice in Atlanta and New York and all these other places, that's a, a goal, of course, at any company, but at the same time, I think longevity is more important. And I would prefer to be just in the Bay area in Northern California, uh, than um, and be and thriving and being maintaining opposed to, uh, shooting off all your, you know, tr- trying to be everywhere and, and, and not maintaining. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. You know, Don Toriano, uh, owner of uh, Vegan Mob, how do you think about this? Because, you know, you were saying earlier during the pandemic, just got so mm-hmm. popular and the deliveries. And how do you not kind of burn yourself out or expand too fast? Or, or you know, so what are your plans now going forward, you know, exactly so that, you know, in 18 years, you'll be like, yeah, there's Vegan Mob, Vegan Mob still here. No, nah, no, nah, I feel what Clyde is saying because we we did, we grew super fast and um to the point where i couldn't even um take the the business was just so much so i had to expand but with expanding it caused it it it, it caused some problems and so mm-hmm. like definitely like you know slow and steady you know what i'm saying to keep the fetty is the is the way to go <laughs> um and and right now my my plan right now and is we're I don't know if you guys have no are watching the Instagram, but we we have our gumbo in stores right now. And so my next move is is the CPG model, mm. which is um getting getting things into the stores and and I got some stuff coming up. I'm not gonna say too much because you know what I'm saying I'm, I'm not trying to leak <laughs> too much game right now, but have to stay tuned to the Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You'll see what's happening. I'm gonna announce it. I'm gonna throw it out there, but now I feel I feel I felt that, you know, what I'm saying it's 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 not about spreading yourself thin to where you can't win. It's about making sure you stay on top of your P's and Q's so you can keep going on. So um, I I definitely agree with that. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, let's bring in uh, another caller. We got uh, Brandon and San Mateo. Hey, welcome. Hey, thanks, Alexis. Yeah, go ahead. What's your story? Yeah, I, yeah so I love this program. Everything I've been hearing on my drive work has been just amazing. And I, I just can't help but think about how similar just music and food are, whereas they both offer a completely blank slate for someone to create something completely new or create something similar yet unique for each individual and then share that with, you know, if they want to, their close friends or if they have the desire to share it with like the world at large. And also about how both food and music, you know, have subtle influences and also serve as, you know, allegory for larger issues. And that kind of sums up this like fascination I have with food related songs in a playlist I have called edible arrangements <laughs> where you have songs like apple pie a la mode from destiny's child, uh, brown sugar from D'Angelo, um, lollipop from little Wayne, Laffy Taffy from D4L and just kind of how that these two worlds, which initially might seem dissimilar are actually more similar than you all think. That's and interesting. You know, shout out to Forty and Droopy for making some hella good sausage. <laughs> hey, thank you, Brandon. <laughs> Appreciate that. I mean, why don't we go around the horn here? Um, Clyde Carson, do you have a favorite food-related lyric or song? Oh, man, you put me on the spot. Uh, favorite <laughs> food-related lyric. Uh, I, my mind is going blank right now. Um uh, I'll give you. I'll give you a second to think. A couple yeah. listeners have tweeted things. Uh, in uh, one listener tweets their favorite food-related album is mm, "Food" by MF Doom. Uh, Scott writes in to say, "I mean, there isn't a more iconic rap verse about food than in Rapper's Delight: the macaroni's soggy, the peas are mushed, and the chicken mm-hmm. tastes like wood." Uh, when was the last <laughs> time you heard a hip-hop song that invokes kaopectate? Um, That's right. <laughs> Mac Dre hibachi pork on my fork or something uh, like that. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, Don Toriano, how about you? How about you? Throw the hoe. You need a damn gumbo pot. Throw the hoe, damn, damn, damn gumbo pot. Forty, man. <laughs> forty water. Forty water. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, Luke or Alan, do you have a, you want to chip in on this one? I have a cheat code because I was thinking about it in advance, but I was just thinking of different rap slang in general that involves food. You got cheese, bread, lettuce, gouda, Canadian bacon, beef, noodles, grapes, panini, feta. E40 is responsible for like 90% for like half percent those. of that. Um, and that's used universally in hip hop, right? This is not just a Northern California thing anymore. But my specific lyric is I got a shout out Nicotina. Andre Nicotina, he said, like Canadian bacon, I'm making a way for me to get on every plate in every state. And just kind of making moves and getting around. Uh, that's fun. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna date myself um, as a East Coast transplant <laughs> of a, of a certain age. Um, but of course, uh, there's Tribe Called Quest with uh, I never half step because I'm not a half stepper. Uh, drink a lot of soda, so they call me Doctor Pepper. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Uh, and then, of course, there's a, uh, you know, wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. <laughs> it's, it's another one that I always think of. Yes, yeah. Uh, 
That's very funny. We are talking about the rap game meeting the food game. This is part of our All You Can Eat series. Uh, we've got Luke Sai, KQED food editor and, and rapper, as you just heard. Um, Alan Chazaro, food reporter at KQED, poet and educator. Don Toriano, rapper and the owner of Vegan Mob. And Clyde Carson, Oakland rapper, co-owner of Hyphy Juice. Earlier we were joined by uh, Droop E. I am... Um, you know, I wanted to give, Dontre, I wanted to give you a chance um, to maybe shout out some of the people coming up. I feel like it's such a part of um, uh, of your work to kind of be bringing people up. So who are people you've got your eye on as doing interesting things in the food scene? Um, Right now, shout out um, my boy, KG. He has uh, Properly Seasoned. Um, catering he's out of san francisco hunters point area and we 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 were all in the streets together and we did music together and um what else man it's a lot of you know most of my i was i'm actually the one that was the the rookie in the game and so i really i'm really trying to figure out who i could think of uh, uh, well, you know, I want to give a shout out to Skelsky, even though he my big bro, he's the OG, but he's he's a pop up. But I know he going crazy. Selsky, me and Selsky used to go to uh, sandwich shops. Selsky is a real food kind of connoisseur, man. Mm-hmm. When I was a young teenager, me and Sel used to drive around San Francisco and, and and go to and go to the sandwich shops all the time. Shout out to my boy Juice and Chosen from the Mission District, Twenty uh, Fourth Street Mission, to be exact. Fishing in the Mission. Check them out. Me and Juice, I used to be at Juice House cooking all the time, and uh, uh, um, and we used to cook together and do cookouts. And I guess I inspired my brother, and now he's he's killing it, and they're doing pop ups everywhere, all over San Francisco, and they're fishing in the Mission. Check them out. Yeah, fishing in the mission. Um, in the- Clyde Carson, do you want to do you want to shout out anybody who you feel like is doing really interesting kind of food work in this uh, rapper food crossover? Um, I mean, I know it's, it might sound honestly vegan mob, even though we, mm. we, we, we're on the line together. I mean, that's uh something that's just becoming a staple in Oakland, and uh, uh, I feel like it was another vegan spot off Fruitville, but uh right now I, I don't know anybody to shout out like i said i'm drawing a blank as far as uh people doing their thing in the food business in the food business like that but you know when i'm when i am coming home and, and back in oakland uh i'm always by the lake i run the lake i run the stairs there and you know i'm always <laughs> seeing vegan mob and i'm proud of it you know i see my friend on the side you know uh, represents jack and i'm i'm I, I practice veganism myself you know and so i just think it's dope so but uh, I'm like I said, I'm drawing a blank as far as uh, no, no, you're, too many you're other good. Ones. You're good. Yeah, appreciate you, appreciate you, brother. Appreciate yeah. that, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, you know, Luke, um, want to come to you at the end um, here. I mean, we've we've heard about a lot of these different food businesses. We've heard like that the the rap game's influence um, on food is real, and the and and vice versa. For you, what are like maybe the the lessons you would take away from this this crossover? Yeah, I mean, I think that we're talking about this sort of Bay Area uh, spirit of hustle, right? At the end of the day is what we're talking about. And I think uh, the rap game and the rap food crossover is an awesome example of that. Um, but I think uh, that spirit really transcends 
um, just one genre or one area of business. And I think if we're talking about the Bay Area food scene, you know, if you look at the types of restaurants and food businesses that Alan and I cover in particular, you know, we're often uh, basically profiling businesses that embody that kind of hustle. Mm. You know, I mean, you're talking about like the countless food businesses in the Bay Area that started out grinding on the streets, you know, in their driveways, you know, in all kinds of cobbled together pop-ups, you know. Um, and then uh, some of them eventually graduate from that and, and open um, actual restaurants. Um, so I really think that spirit is a big part of what makes the Bay Area such a vibrant and exciting place to eat. You know, it's, it's not just the sort of um, you know, kind of trendy established restaurants. It's that there's always this kind of infusion of of talent um and energy. And then you have folks like like uh like Don, uh like Keba, um, you have incubators like La Cocina, mm -hmm. um, that are sort of helping folks who are on their way up make that transition. Um, so I find that really inspiring. Yeah. You know, I'm glad you mentioned La Cocina because my shout out for this was going to be Minnie Bell's Soul Food, mm. uh, you know, food entrepreneur that went through La Cocina now down in Emeryville and is so, so good. Um, we have been talking about the rap game meeting the food game, part of our All You Can Eat series with Luke Sai, KQED food editor. Thanks, as always, for joining us, Luke. Thanks so much. Alan hey, Cesaro's. I... Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Can I give one more shout out? Oh, yeah. I want to give Shout out to uh, Mystical Mixes. They down on um, 14th and Franklin. It's a new Jamaican spot. My little brother is not my real little brother, but it's a little, you know, <laughs> little bro, little bro in the game. Um, he used to sell CMOS juices to me at Vegan Mob. Now he has his own spot. And uh, he's actually he he do he does reggae. He like, you know, dance hall, reggae music, uh, which is another form of rap. And he killing the game. Much love to him. He's a young brother out of he out the town. He's been here for a long time, um, about 20 years, came from Jamaica and killing it. Come come All see right. him, man. That was Don Toriano, rapper and owner of Vegan Mom. We've also been joined by Alan Cesaro, food reporter at KQED, and Clyde Carson, Oakland rapper and a co-owner of Hypey Juice. Earlier, we were joined by Droop E. E40 Sun. You've been listening to Forum. I'm Alexis Madrigal. Stay tuned for another hour of Forum Ahead with Mina King. You in love with the hoe? No. She bringing you the dough? Yeah. You gonna cry if she leave? No. You gonna fly overseas? Yeah. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set ten years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall -wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. 
Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.